Hi, <laughs> Internet. We're back, even if you don't know us. We're only lovers uh, in the library. Only lovers left in the library. Although I guess now we just do only lovers book club. Anyway. It's shorter. We uh, meet up once a month to discuss romance novels, usually of a feminist nature. And then we uh, pick them apart and talk about what we liked, what we liked and what we didn't like. Uh, we're here. I'm in New York. Y'all are in Virginia. And everyone should be social distancing. That's what's got me all fucked up. I couldn't do the intro today because I'm all just, just all fucked up. We're all clenched. sorts of fucked up. Well, thanks for doing the intro, Tasha. Thanks <laughs> for saving me. Um, before we start, I uh, want to remind everyone, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. And if you don't have time to watch this video, we have podcast version of it. Um, but yeah, how's everyone doing in their social distance, in their social, in their own respective places? Oh. I mean... I'm working from home for my teaching job, which has been very weird, um, especially since they change what they want us to do like every few days. Mm. Um, but I'm still working at the grocery store for my second job, so I am not really social distancing because, you know, it's crazy. People will like come, no, I'm serious. Like at the grocery store, like I'm the one who's like, back off because like people like, old people who should be nervous like really elderly people they'll come up to me and they'll be like are you out of shower <laughs> like, like, andrea grandma she she ready to die she doesn't care she's gonna cook with her shallots or she's gonna be taken out and i don't even that she's tired. i'm telling you if i can make you a little sign that you could wear around your neck yeah say, get the fuck away from me six feet yeah <laughs> <laughs> Any less than six feet and you're getting stabbed. Yo, the people at Trader Joe's are taking it, like, they have chalk lines in front of the store for people waiting outside. There can only be up to ten people in the store at a time. And they'll, mm -hmm. like, control who comes in and out. You know what the maximum is for the Wegmans? 700 people. No, but it's 310. Oh, that's a lot. So, that's too many. I mean, okay, I understand that it's a very large store. So people can spread out a bit. But again, when I'm working in produce and the people are coming up asking, like, do you have baby arugula? They're like this close. Yeah. The the Wegmans here has people standing, I think, at the entrance, um, making people wait. Yeah. One of my coworkers, That's well, ex-coworkers, because I was laid off. So <laughs> they were talking about how wonderful it was to go to Trader Joe's now because they only let 10 people in at a time at ours. And it's like a joyous experience. It's like, oh, I never knew this aisle. I was always too angry at the people around me to ever discover it. <laughs> yeah, anyway, take but... some crumbs of good with Yeah, you. yeah, God exactly. But that's existence. okay. So yeah, we... speaking of... We did get some tips last month. That's so cool. So if you are so inclined to help a bitch out, uh, you'll find a link to our tip jar where you can get us a coffee. You could buy us a coffee. I'm not getting coffees. I'm saving that money for whenever this is over and we can go to Thailand. That's that's like our Thailand tip jar. Thailand fund. Yeah. Thailand. And also while you're there in the description boxes, you can check out Drea's books, Westwood Monster Patrol and A Christmas Paranda. There's also a link to Tashai's website, Think Tashai. She's got some really nice poetry. And you'll find a link to my zine, which by the time I upload this will be also online. So you could check all of those Yay. things out. 
and support us if you want, if you can. No big deal. I'm just waiting for my stimulus check. So let's start with our hangout. <laughs> what did we, okay, we read, this month was my month, but it was kind of weird. I picked, I didn't pick a romance per se. I picked a sequel, mandatory sequel. We read Children of Virtue and Vengeance by Tomi Adeyemi. And this is a sequel to Children of Blood and Bone, which you read last year. I remember I did like a little upside down dark moon thing on my head. Drea showing the super cool cover. Yeah, the cover and is a really they, beautiful cover. They bring it every time. I see the cover, yeah. I'm like, oh. it looks yeah. so cool. And I mean, suffice it to say, this book was like super hyped. I was ready to read it. I really enjoyed the first one. And I, I was really excited to read it. And I guess we'll talk about it. So because it was my pick, I didn't, um, I was supposed to write questions, but I wasn't sure if we were all gonna be finished with the book by the time the hangout happened. Because, you know, we're all just like, we're just all, we're making, we're doing our best. So, um, but we all did. So I just have kind of like a guided discussion of like <laughs> what we what we can talk about because, um, I also yeah, don't I, remember too much. So yeah, if, I don't. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go over it. Um, <laughs> but if you're if you haven't read Children of Blood and Bone or Children of Virtue and Vengeance, get the fuck out of here and read it before listening. Or if you don't care, then yeah, just hang out and we're just we'll just get into it. I love Andrea's bottle. I know it's so huge. I was gonna get one, but then things happened. My what? Your water bottle. I just oh. love it. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, what I have here is kind of like I broke it down. I have index cards. Look at this. I'm so organized. Oh. I have an. I have, there's a separate index card for like for hangout stuff. See, I already did the coronavirus check-in. Oh. I did our plugs. And I said why I chose this book because it was a sequel that we were excited to read it. So and now we're on the let's discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so I guess the first thing I wanted to talk about was like what we loved about about children of blood and bone. So I okay. did did not okay. remember a lot of what the first book was about. What we're talking about what we loved about the first book. Yeah, because I think that in comparing the two is where we're gonna be able to like kind of like expand on what worked and what didn't work for us okay. this time around. Because I feel like it hit a lot of the same beats as the first book, but in my opinion, not as well. Like I gave this book two stars. I gave it four. Yeah, four. Tosh, what did you, I don't remember. I think I gave it four out of appreciation for what I hope the story is gonna grow into, but I was really not as impressed as I thought I was gonna be. Yeah, I gave it two stars because, yeah, you tried, but we're done. <laughs> You're not going to read the third one? No, I'm not going to read the third one. I'm going to have okay. you guys I'm read gonna, it and tell me about it. Oh, okay, so what happened in Children of Blood and Bone? Do, do you remember? Do we remember? I mean, I remember, like, vaguely what the story, but I don't remember, like, what I loved or what I hated. I just kind of remember the story. So I guess in... Spark Notes fashion. It's the story of the Orishas, and then there are the Magi, 
uh, who are uh, discriminated against, and then there are the it's the monarchy that um, are Same. the people in power, and they want to basically completely erase them from from existence. They don't. They just you know they just hate them because. At one point there was going to be a treaty, but then everything was set on fire and then it didn't work out and they've been like at odds ever since. Mm -hmm. uh, and the story uh, has a three points of view. Um, Zaylee, who is one of the Magi, she's got like uh, dark skin, white hair, and that like denotes her, her Magi status. And then there's Amari, who is the princess, and Anon, who is her brother and the prince. And so it's those three points of view. Amari's father like was the king and he was kind of like leading the the movement against the magi and you know slowly but surely erasing them like you know taking away their rights and and whatnot and um he kills her slave <laughs> and she takes it really personally and then she steals a scroll the scroll is supposed to bring back magic and she runs into Zaylee and then they're all on an adventure and then Inan is after them because he hates magic. But then Inan and Zaylee start having sex dreams with each other and then <laughs> uh, Mama Agba does stuff and then they go, They his, the father betrays them, Amari kills their dad, I think, and then the dad stabs Inan and magic is back, but um, Zaylee's dad, Baba, is dead. How do I <laughs> That's it. That's where the book ends. And then oh. in the, in the process of bringing back magic to uh, um, Orisha, the it's not only like because their powers are very limited. So it's not only the magi who get their full powers back, but everybody gets magic. So also some people of the monarchy get magic as well. And at the end of the book, um, Amari who had no powers has no, magic. Not, not everybody gets magic. Just no, like not everybody, but everyone who's like part of the potential line, to be magic. And that's it. That's, I mean, I feel like that's it. I, I've, I've skipped a, a few things, but that's generally it. Mm -hmm. Zaylee has a brother, uh, Zane, and he does not have powers. Um, there was also a sexy pirate. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's solid. That's a solid. Yeah, piece. and then in the in the magic system, there's like different kinds of magic, right? This was kind of like really inspired by Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, the cartoon. And you know, Zaylee is part of the the clan or the group called the Reapers because she can like summon spirits, and it's pretty crazy. Um, uh, I and, that, and that's it. That's it. So okay, these are the things that I liked about the book. About Children of Blood and Bone, and then you guys can tell me what you think. So, so what I really liked about Children of Blood and Bone is that even though I didn't have like a super original plot, because it's not like reinventing the wheel here, you know, there's like, oh no, the bad guys, and you know, da, da, da. like I thought that it was a, a really exciting premise. Like I thought the premise was really exciting in that it was kind of like like slavery or the black experience, but like told through YA fantasy. Super cool. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And that was really the saving grace of it all. And it brought up all these themes of like, you know, you know, just like oppression and also like, yeah, how complicated, how complicated something like racism is, um, but also how not complicated it is, you know? Um, 
And that's what I really enjoyed about it. I enjoyed the magic system a lot because obviously Avatar is awesome. Avatar Last Airbender is awesome, but also Legend of Korra is too. <laughs> and I really liked the characters because I thought that they all had a really unique perspective. Like all of them, Zaley, Amari, and even Inan, you know, had his like frustrating and annoying, but definitely like they each had their own voice and they all kind of like stayed true to their character. Um, so the next book kind of like starts off with three weeks after Baba dies and magic is back and everyone has magic or everyone who can't have magic has magic. So, so yeah, uh, that's what I really liked about the first one. And that's why I remember liking it so much. Like it wasn't like super, like it wasn't breaking the wheel, but it was definitely original in the premise. So uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> That's really funny because everything that you said you liked about the first book is in the second one too. Oh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can go. Um, yeah, same. I really liked. I liked the first book a lot because it's rare that you get to experience a fantasy YA novel that doesn't center around. Uh, like a character who's white or doesn't predominantly predominantly star like white characters and so it was good to be able to fully immerse myself in a world that was very much its own specific culture and like colorful world building and um it you know spoke a, a unique language in the way that magic existed and they had this they had their own problems and they were problems that we've seen in other books um because you know everyone is capable of experiencing struggle in a magic world you know it's not something that's only seen through the lens of like a caucasian experience so it was good to be able to read a book and and kind of know that this audience that has been greatly underfed was able to say like oh we have our magic too like we have our magic school and we have our magic powers and we have our bad magic people. Um, and yeah, I liked the the magic categories. I thought they were really interesting. Um, I thought they were gonna limit themselves to like fire, water, air, but like, no, it was, it was there's a lot more depth. Reapers, connectors, welders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was interesting how it played with both like natural elements and almost like emotional elements too. Just there was a lot of like feeling and being and earth magic happening and I thought that was really cool um and I liked that we had you know female friendships and I thought that was really relevant in storytelling too because again a majority of the fantasy books I've had had, had experiences with when I was younger were also very male driven and so it was nice to have you know we did have a male perspective but it was a lot more truncated than the female perspectives we got in the first book which is cool um, and I liked that they had, you know, women elders too. And so it was a lot of different little, little factors that you rarely get to experience all in one go. And so it was nice to have that. Um, yeah. And I thought, you know, I thought that the twist was interesting because in the end, like they, they're able to do kind of what they were trying to do, which was restore magic but it comes at such a great cost like there's no clear-cut victory which was also an interesting like thing to experience like yeah good things happen but it's not it's not perfect 
um, and like, didn't fix it. yeah, yeah, like, oh, magic comes back, everything isn't automatically fixed because there are still, you know, there's still uh, bigotry and there's still like colorism within the slavery scheme that is happening, and there's still, you know, just um inherited trauma and stuff like that that's still happening so yeah i really i liked a lot of the of the first book and um i'll let andrea give her perspective on what she likes and then we can talk because i liked i liked the second book enough because a lot of the stuff is still there but i feel like i was really disappointed in in like one or two things i also put that like Amari and Zaylee's friendship or like their budding whatever relationship was going to be like I remember us choosing Amari for like our fan favorite or something like that yeah so. when we were like our favorite like romantic interest or some, something like that <laughs> we were like we would all marry Amari basically something so like cute. that yeah wait I like I like the first book for all the reasons that you guys said um I don't remember what I gave it in rating I'm guessing it was four stars too um because on like just me personally i'm not a huge like fantasy fan like it's not something i read a lot of um and i'm much more of like a character development and like person-to-person relationships and books kind of person more so than like world building like i can appreciate the world building and the whole magical system and everything mm -hmm. but it's not something that I love, like reading tons of descriptions about. But I do remember liking the book a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I'm clearly I'm the outlier here because actually, the more I think about it, the more I kind of like this book over the first one. Um, and I think I'm. I think for now, I, I think the reason that is is because in the first book, it's very clear cut, like who the good guys are and who the bad guys are and who you're supposed to be rooting for and everybody kind of wants the same outcome. Mm -hmm. But in the second book, we really see the flaws of like every single character. Like you just like every single character at some point because they are all like blinded by what they believe. And so they're mm -hmm. all either like betraying people they love or making terrible decisions or, you know, they're just, nobody is very likable <laughs> in this Yeah. Um, and at first I found that a little like off-putting when I was reading, but then I came to really appreciate it because I felt like they were being really true to themselves and they were doing the things that they believed in. And I do think it is setting it up for um, a really intense third book that will hopefully kind of finish everything. But yeah, and I, I did like, like Tasha mentioned, it's like magic didn't fix everything. Um, not that we necessarily thought it would in the first book because it's not that kind of book, you know, that was, I think we all knew it wasn't going to have a cookie cutter ending. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that the second book covered that in a very realistic way. Like if I think, I think that's how it would be if it was actually happening in real life. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, we can talk about why Chris absolutely hated it <laughs> versus why I, I think it. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit it with this. I like I just I didn't hate it. I just was so disappointed by certain things. Like that I Okay, so but I, I wanna talk about what what went right for me, what I really enjoyed about the book, because I wanna start with the positives, right? 
So the book is like this, right? It's really big, but the pacing of it is very fast. Now that's a good thing, but it's also kind of like a bad thing too for me. Um, so I think that the writing is a little bit tighter. The chapters are like going very fast. I think the first one was like that too, but given how long this one is as well, it didn't, it was a long book, but it didn't feel like a long book. And it's just, um, I like, you know, I like that, that it was moving very quickly. Um, and I like that what you had mentioned, Drea, about um, magic didn't solve everything. I like was looking up a, an interview with Tomi Adeyemi about, you know, okay, magic is back and not everything is fixed. Not everything is fixed because the problem wasn't magic. The problem was like the system, like the systemic problems, mm. you know, and how I liked a lot how even though, even though it, it does, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know how, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say, but it basically wasn't, oh no, but look, the monarchy have problems too. No, like it was very, the problem is the rich. It's the ruling class. This is the fucking problem. <laughs> These are the bad guys. It's not like a, it's not like a, oh, let's take a look at the other side and feel sympathy. No, it's absolutely the rich need to be abolished. Eat them all. <laughs> garbage. They're the source of all of our problems. And, you know, at one point, Zaley's like, I want to run away and like live a life. And then someone, Amari, I think is like, yeah, but like, what kind of life is that? You know, you can't, running away doesn't solve your problems. Like that's not real freedom. Like you can run away and feel free, but you're not really free because you need to be free where you're from. You know, you need to be free right. in Orisha. And, um, yeah, I really love that. I loved those like moments, you know, that fit fit in really well. Um, I don't know what else. Uh, and I guess out of the three that I, that I like being with Zaylee because it's supposed to be a couple of weeks after her dad dies and she was a fucking mess. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. What a mess of a, what a poor, poor kid. You know what I mean? She is like, she's struggling. She's still struggling. She is like suicidal, you know, she wants to do the right thing, but um, no one listens to her. Oh, no sorry. one listens to her. I mean, but no one's, no one's fucking listening to anybody. Let's just get that straight. No one's listening to anybody. Mm. And, um, and yeah, but I got it from her because she's like rock bottom at this point. Like it didn't, like, it wasn't like the magical fix all. She lost a lot of people. She's still losing people. And I really obviously don't enjoy her suffering, but I felt it to be the most realistic of everyone. I really felt like it was like appropriate for her to be going through it and, and feeling that way. And then acting that way as well, just kind of like really rashly, irrationally, she's like lashing out and, and not listening. And I got it from her. I just don't get it from the other two. I don't understand why certain things where certain people were just acting a certain way or not acting a Wait, certain way. You said, you said you get her trauma because her dad died, but you don't get the other two characters' I didn't trauma? say that. I didn't say that. Because she literally murdered her dad with her yeah, own dad. For sure, but... And she thought her brother was dead. And then he wasn't, but he was like... Look, 
kill everyone she loved. I miss Amari from the first book, and I felt like that was lost a lot but here. The, no, but I like the Amari in this book because I think the Amari in the first book was just like a little cinnamon roll because she hadn't like like she was too scared to say like what she felt and to go yeah. after what she wanted. And in uh, this book, she was like, no, this is what I want. And you know what, if I have to kill people to get there, like that's what I'm gonna do. Well, that doesn't make sense. Uh, well, I understand her feeling grief about it, but the way that it's set up, okay, I understand like a character's, like I understand writing it that way. I understand what, was what she was trying to do with it, but I don't think that she accomplished it at all because I feel like I got a lot of whiplash from Amari. So Amari is the one that kills her father at the end of the book, yeah, of the first book. Because she fucking world. realizes that he fucking sucks. She like, and he was gonna kill her brother, wasn't that? He was gonna kill her brother. Yeah, like, and absolutely. so then throughout this entire book, she's just kind of like, almost like goes to him for advice, like she defaults to his point of view. With what? When like she constantly says to herself, Orisha waits for no one and you have to be like ruthless to this, this and that and- Strike Amari. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't think, but I don't think she does it because of, I think her mom is leaving her no choice. Like her mom is being so ferocious that there is literally no other way to fight fire than with fire. Like I think she's just up against a rock and a hard place. Like she wants to do things her way, but her mom is like the super villain in this book. And she honestly, I think she truly honestly believes there is no other way to defeat her mom. So did you guys watch Game of Thrones? No. Oh my God, you sure did. Okay. I didn't finish Game of Thrones yet, but the internet spoiled it for me. So it doesn't really matter. Um, What I, I feel like what happened with her character is that the ultimate goal was to have this struggle happen, but you don't understand that that's happening until so far into the book that it feels like it came out of nowhere, which is what ends up happening with like, spoiler alert, pause if you haven't seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> what ends up happening with like fucking Daenerys up until the like the last season they're building her up as someone who's like just trying to save the people and she's breaker of change she's yeah. the breaker of change she's trying to to get freedom somehow but then she becomes this like violent person who kind of ends up feeling like she's going against everything she was trying to 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 be so are you talking about like when she did that thing at the village? Yeah, when she just like I kills. I didn't. Yeah, but I didn't think that came out of left field. I think that came from like she couldn't handle the thought that her brother had betrayed her. Like all this time, she kept thinking, "If I manage to talk to my brother, maybe we can find a way. Even if it's far fetched, maybe we can find a way." And then she truly thought her brother had brought all these troops to the sanctuary. Oh. And she just like cracked. She was like, holy shit, you are dead to me. I can't believe you did that. And I think if he hadn't, if she didn't believe he had done that, she wouldn't have done that. But like she only did that because at that point she was like, now I don't even have my brother. Like I literally have to kill my mom and my brother 
or I will never be queen and we will be fighting a war forever. Yeah, and like, and what the fuck? What's up with that? I don't understand her like obsession with getting the throne. Like, I get having exactly. to save Arisha, and then I also get like what also was was attempted, which is the power of the throne corrupts. Stop. Mm -hmm. But never okay. in the first book did we like even see her be interested in being a monarch. Mm -hmm. And the whole reason that we liked her, I mean, I know that she was a cinnamon roll in the first one. Uh, it's because she was innocent or whatever, but that, that should, I feel like that should have still been her role in the second one. And what ends up happening is that Zaylee's not listening to her fine, but then she's not listening to Zaylee either. And then Zane is just, an, doesn't do anything. So he's like the middle person who could have easily been like, hey, seen like the two like women in his life and like try to like bring the peace between them, but he's absent. And so the author wastes him like as the one person with like zero magic and like everything at stake of losing like his two, like his two girls. And okay. so what was it? What was Zelie's like option? She just wanted to like fight and kill everyone. Really wanted to, yeah. Or she okay. wanted to just leave. She wanted to bounce. Right. But like originally, like Amari was like, I want to be queen so we can establish this peace that will last forever. Like, I don't think either of them knew that just abolishing all government was an option. You know, like that never even occurred to them. Like they were both like either we Amari's like, I'm going to be queen. We'll continue the monarchy, but it'll be a fair monarchy. Or Zaley is like, we kill everyone and the Magi rule everything from now on. And it would have just been like a flip-flop. Okay. Mi pregunta, <laughs> with that in mind, my question then is, why have both characters be so entrenched in their own perspective and not even try to really seek advice or guidance from anybody else? Because oh my God. Oh my God. In the first, in the first book, Amari no sabe nada. So for her, for her to go from I don't know anything to like, whoops, I've been trained and I killed my dad because I had to, to like, I'm going to lead this attack. You don't know anything about military strategy. <laughs> like in the first book, the brother's the one who's been set up his entire life to take over the military and become a ruler. We, we know they train together, but training together on like sword fighting stuff isn't the same as being like, fully versed in military strategy, understanding how to cut off supply chains, understanding like all this other stuff. That's literally how the real world works. Our current president doesn't know shit either, but he's president, you know what I mean? Like, But we don't like him, so. If but that's the point, I don't think you're supposed to like anybody in this book. I think they're just supposed to be presented as like, this is the way things go when like countries are at war and everybody hates each other. Like, I don't think we're supposed to like any of them. I don't, I mean, I, that, that might be fair, know. but I just think that the, the book suffered from like the author, like destroying that friendship because it's not like a really healthy relationship. It's not a healthy, like female friendship at the end of the day. And I, I wish that that had remained. And I guess that's my, that's also one of my biggest gripes of, I know that there's a lot of people that ship Amari and Zaylee. Whether you ship them or not, like they had a really nice, just kind of like a coming together in that first book. And then to have it be torn down because of like, it's just so contrived is the thing. It's so stupid. Like the book 
it chases its own tail forever and ever and ever. And they do the same fucking rigmarole all the time, which for me, it just makes it inexcusable. Like, why do I have to sit here and listen to them make such stupid decisions over and over and over again? Tell me if this doesn't sound familiar. I have an, uh, someone has an idea. It's like a great idea and they're like super set on it. I think that this is gonna be the answer. And that like, they'll literally throw anything to like, stick whatever sticks to the wall that's what they want to go with maybe we should go and get this they talk to an elder they're like what the fuck are you talking about that's really stupid like they'll tell them <laughs> they'll tell them their idea and the elder will be like what the fuck are you thinking you're gonna get us all killed they're like oh my god well you know what i'm gonna do it anyway and everything goes wrong next chapter i have an idea and i think that this is what's gonna work <laughs> older person's like that's not gonna work fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, and then we just do it over and over and over again. And I just don't think that it's like a ground for like great like character growth, having your characters literally do the same thing in your book. And I, I, I understand- I thought it was realistic. Like that's literally how it is in real life. I mean, it may have been, it, it, and that's fair, but it's frustrating to read and I did not enjoy it. No, you that's know, like, fine, but I just thought, like, because they both became elders, like, that was that was a big problem. Where was Zane telling them that that was a stupid idea? That's where enough. was he? Where was he? Okay, Zane, he's not an elder, so his exactly. opinion wouldn't have mattered. So why was not like, use him as a voice of reason? Be like, no, hey, it's we're kids. He's got nothing better to do. And when 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 Amari goes out to to fucking dream talk with her brother, where is Zane? Where is he? Where is he? To tell her that it's a terrible idea. Where, where is he when Zay Obira coño? I just, I just, ah, a lot of the things I get, I get setting it up. I get setting up the drama, but then it was such like, it was so stupid and petty and it didn't need to be quite so much like that. Like, like it falls into like the worst kind of tropes and cliches possible. Like this book was supposed to like bust all the tropes, right? Instead, we're like literally doing the same thing. Girlfriends backstabbing each other. And then we, let's, can we talk about Inan? Can we talk about how like ridiculous his entire, his entire existence is? Why did he have to survive the first book? If he was just gonna do the same fucking shit the entire this book. He literally, all he does is walk. To be walk fair, him. at the end, he was like, okay, kill at me. At the end of like 5 million pages? Excuse me? His mom had it like, covered. The sexy pirate had to mess everything up. Oh, yeah. No, and don't even get me started on this guy. So remember when we well, like fine, were he's fighting? He's not going to be around for the last book. Like, Zaley's going to kill him for betraying her. Like, sexy yeah, pirate? I mean, Yes. The Rowan. Rowan? She's not going to kill Sexy Pirate. kidnapped at the end. He's not going to get killed. You want to know why? Because Tomi wants all her characters to want dick. Instead of having, like, the perfect, the the place where, like, the most grief there is between, yeah, is between Zaley and Amari. He was still going to let Zaley kill Inan. And yeah. The fact, and the fact that the pirate ruined it, like Zaley's never gonna not only ruin that, but ruin the fact that they were about to like take over and defeat the monarchy once and for all. And then uh, now they're on his freaking pirate ship going. They're gonna get kidnapped. They're gonna like get whoever they're going to join the forces. They're gonna have a fleet of ships that they're gonna sail over. And now it's gonna die in the last one. The pirate's not gonna die in the last one. Zelly's gonna like either be alone or whatever, and then Amari's gonna end up with like Zane. 
this that's my that's my 2021 predictions for how this book is gonna go okay i get there's I get it. I get it that their friendship had to struggle, but like just having it that having it happen that way was just oh, it's just too much. Like it's just too much. In that case, in that case, get rid of Inan, right? Just get rid of him because then Amari could have done all of those things for us, right? And then then it would have been a real drama because not only is like this problematic boy gone, who is like literally adding nothing to the story, but then it is really is Amari being corrupted by her the throne, being corrupted by her mother, you know. But I don't think Amari's supposed to ever be like a bad person, a hundred, hundred percent. So I yeah, think yeah. you can't get rid of Anon because if you get rid of Anon, then it's just Amari versus her mom, and it's a clear good and bad scenario. If Anon is there to throw it off, then Amari's forced to find a way to make it work without destroying her mom, because Anon is someone she still loves and is bonded with, and he is the like middle ground character like she knows her parents are evil but she she can't be certain about it on so she's you know like felt super bad for the cousin Ador oh adore god. oh my god oh my fucking god <sighs> so th that's one of the, those i mean i was like holy shit oh my god like those moments that they get it really well queen nahanda fucking She's first of all clearly the only the only adult in the room, right? The only literally the only adult. She keeps fucking everybody up left and right. Why? Because she knows what she's doing. Everyone else looks like a fucking idiot next to her. Checkmate all over the place. Okay. Mm -hmm. Question: um, If this was a movie, who would you want to play her? Who do you? Okay, think I already know. I already know. <laughs> I don't hold. You know, Queen Queen Ananda is um, Amari's mom. Yeah. Okay, yes. I, I, I'm really bad at remembering names of anyone. Yeah, she's it's just the crazy. I, I know. <laughs> she leans her into her shit though. She's like, I fucking hate poor people. I fucking hate people with magic. Fuck all of you. She probably wanted to have magic when she grew up, and someone with magic was mean to her. And she's like, you know what? Fuck all of you. Oh my! No, she was like, so powerful. Like, it was so fucking, irritating. Fucking people dry left and right. I mean, yeah. She's like, I got magic. Hell yeah. She. One hundred percent kill all of her kids to ensure oh, like she killed Odore. Yeah, she considered her second son. <laughs> like whoops. Ella being she's like a like a powerful spider. I love it. No, I did like how fucking crazy she was because honestly, guys, if I ever got magic powers, like I'm not gonna say I wouldn't turn into that. Let's be honest. I'd be like, oh my god, I can make people disappear off the face of the earth. Okay, okay, hold on. Where is she? Okay, so her name is Lorraine Toussaint. She's a Trinidadian American actress, and she always can pull off like really complicated bad guys. And so the last role I saw her in was in Into the Badlands. So that's who I pictured as Queen Nahanda. Oh wait, uh, um, what else has she been in? Google she's been in a lot. I know her. I know her. I know. I know who she's that been lady is. A lot of things. Ooh, like she's in Orange is the New Black. Yes. 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 Oh shit. Yeah. She's great. Oh she's great. God. And I think that she would have actually been great in it. So I didn't sure. love Nahanda, but I was like, okay. Well, I mean, I you can I can respect the game. You know what I, I mean? I can totally respect it. It's totally crazy too. Yeah. Anyway, so ugh. I don't like I don't like that. Yeah, she fucking, okay, I'm gonna be honest, hearing Andrea explain it from her point of view is kind of making me understand some stuff. So like, <laughs> yeah, it just like Whatever, but that's Andrea, like that's Andrea putting it together. That's not the author <laughs> writing it that way. 
That's I Andrea's am- like. I know that's I not what I read. That book isn't what I read. That's like Andrea's <laughs> analysis. This is like Andrea's YouTube video breaking it down for me. Because when I read it, I fucking hate it. I hated every minute of it. <laughs> I hated every minute of it. Yeah, it makes sense that whatever, but none of it wasn't enjoyable. I didn't feel the drama. I felt aggravated. Well, honestly, like I I did finish it this afternoon and I and I struggled to yeah, finish it, but it wasn't because I hated the book. It's just, I've been struggling to read, period. period. Yeah. Like, with yeah. this whole, like, corona thing. Like, I, this is the first book I've finished since we've been, like, quarantined and working from home, which is ridiculous, because I have way more free time now than I did before, but I just, I can't, like, my mind is not. It's exhausting. Yep. Yeah, so I felt I started reading it, and <laughs> and then Chris kept telling me how much it sucked, and I was reading it, and I was like, I don't. This isn't that bad. I, I like, like it. I don't think it sucks. I think is it's because I'm depressed. Like, <laughs> like no. I don't like me that. eating all of tapenade after Ivan tells me all of tapenade is caca. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> this is actually really good. Hey, you know what? Maybe this just wasn't for me. And like sometimes yeah. it happens with sequels. It just doesn't. It doesn't hit all the same. Like it doesn't, I guess maybe it does do the same things, but it just didn't, it didn't hit me the same way. I didn't like the way that it was written. I didn't like what she did to the the girl characters. And not to say that they had to have a perfect relationship, but I certainly thought that every single character acted like a fucking idiot. And that was really aggravating. No, I did too. I did too. But I am. But I'm not rationalizing it like to fit the rest of the story. I'm literally reading it off the page and being like, why would this happen if this was, you know, why would, why would she do this and then go at, and literally in the next chapter do that? Okay, I have a serious question. What's your do you think question? that, do you think that there is a possibility that, okay, now talking about Zaley and Amari and talking about shipping them or whatever, because like, I mean, I don't know if the book was written before like the first one came out or she was already working on it or whatever. I mean, I book, I don't understand how books are written or whatever, but I did think that it was interesting that there was a lot of like mention of like queer-ish characters. Rowan makes a comment, which I remember, I was like, oh, okay. He makes a comment about like, oh, both my, all my lovers, both male and female always feel sad when I leave or something like that. And I was like, okay, cool, little gay boy. And then No, but um, he, he he mentioned that in the first book too. Right. And then other other characters are also are kind of like, you know, mention of being like either queer or gay or lesbian or whatever. And I think that it happens a lot more in this book because like I could be wrong, but it felt like queer baiting to me. Do you think that is no <laughs> well Here's here's the thing, right? Because the deepest relationships are between Amari and Zaley. The Inan stuff is pretty um like insta lovey, but like like I said, the emotional core of it is between the two girls. And I know that a lot of people ship them, and I certainly ship them because I think that I mean the scene where she goes and she's like, You have to sacrifice me because I'm the one that you really love. And Zaylee's like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I guess I will sacrifice you because you are the one that I love. And so, <laughs> and then, you know, whatever, I someone think, else steps up to the plate. I think you're trying to like hope for a romance. I don't think that it's gonna be them together. I don't think no, the I don't think book so. was queer baby. I think maybe after getting feedback from the first book, she realized she didn't have that many gay characters. And so maybe it's like, oh, and then shit. peppered them in. 
Whoops. No, I, I might have forgotten to bring this no, up. That, I, oh, that's, that's not how I saw it at all. I just saw it as like the first book. It's literally just the four of them, the entire book. Like they never talk to anybody else until they're in that like pirate ship. Whereas so this book, they're good. in like they're in like a commune, you know, where they're like surrounded by people who have like lovers and stuff. So I thought it was more like, hey, now we're we have all of these side characters that we didn't have in the because in the first book it's literally right. just the four of them, like the whole right. book. They're like traveling by themselves. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that it's gonna like I had read comments about it being queer baby, but I just figured she, if it is, she has no idea. Like she's just has literally no idea. I don't. Think you know so. what I mean? And also, like, I, I want there to be a plot that doesn't give us a romantic relationship for the sake of like people shipping for the romantic relationship if it's meant to be just a representation of two women who can just be friends like, have this amazing 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 friendship that has just as much heartbreak and risks and just as much like there is so much at stake in friendship like it doesn't have to be i'm in love with this person yeah and that's like, why i was see, wondering like if you saw it that way because i at first i didn't i, I mean i knew no, like i said i, mean, I knew that's like you know that some people but i did read some reviews where it was like ah this is queer baiting and i was like, yeah, ah. like um it's not like what was it brooklyn Bruja? that's the one where she she and her friend end up together right yeah, yeah. for me it's not like brooklyn brooklyn Bruja because in that one it's like oh okay this yes you guys are friends but also have pretty much these feelings have always been there you guys just don't really like get it with yeah. here it's like i think amari was they were both desperate for for like a female friendship in a way that they didn't necessarily understand. They met each other, hated each other, and then were able to kind of forge this thing. Like they both forged this relationship through their specific trauma. And that's why there's so much at stake here because they were only able to really get through the first book by clinging on to each other and then and thank god that's survived to the second book Psych. and so and, but so but so then book two is like well even the people we love the most are flawed what do we do with that and i do think their friendship is gonna you know like this was this was the book where where it goes all to shit but i think in the third book their friendship is gonna come out say, yay. i mean here's fucking hoping I mean, I think they definitely are going to get to a point where each one has to recognize the flaws within themselves. Like, there mm -hmm. has to be that moment of recognizing, like... There's a lot of stuff that needs to happen in this mistakes. last book. Like, a lot like, of I, stuff needs I, to happen I, in this last book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anon, Anon's going to die. Like, he, there's there's no way for his character to find any sort of redemption. I wish he would just die, though, because where we're headed is for a love triangle. You know that, right? No. No, I don't think it's going to be a love triangle. I'm hoping it's not going to be between Zaley and Rowan and Edan. You don't think so? I think that. Eso es lo que falta. I think no, that because also Rowan also betrayed her. So the, no, ever, stop. That's not going to stop her. She didn't I stop having feelings for Edan just because he like fucking literally murdered, got her dad murdered. She I was like, I want to be mad at you, but also like. Uh, la, 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 la. I also don't think yeah, she, was also, she was also going to kill him though. Like she wasn't going to date him. Girl, I don't think the Rowan betrayal was real, though. I think he's no, I, I think it was like 
he agreed to be paid for something by the mom and then he regretted it and he had that conversation with his people where he was like it's off we're not gonna do it but, but it, then it wasn't off. and then they did it anyways and you know but in the moment when zaylee finds out she's not gonna see all that though she's gonna rage and want to kill him i guess you guys oh, will let 100%. me know what happens <laughs> you guys let me know Andrea, we'll just make and I, and I will buddy read it. <laughs> We're gonna Good. have a separate chat. Come up with like what are the worst also, things that could happen in this book to piss Christina off, and then we'll be like, girl. Also, like <laughs> I didn't fucking what the fuck was up with that ending? They're on a slave ship. Excuse me. Wait, I are they? I thought they were on a pirate. No, ship. they're they're on they're on Rowan's. They're, ship. they're on a ship, and they're in chains. They're like on the lower deck. And they're chained. Yeah, so, la mamá le pagó a todos los piratas mercenaries to kidnap them. It's a smuggler ship. I don't think it's a slave ship. I, was, I think okay. the imagery is certainly yes, absolutely. I don't like very, that. Very uh, not ironic. It's like familiar in an uncomfortable <laughs> way. It's like why Ooh. not necessary? Mm. <laughs> this is uncomfortable because this is reminiscent of um, uh, slaves who would sell out other slaves. To gain yeah. favor with the ruling white class. But Never. I mean, let her make her money. I mean, it's cool. Like, whatever, let her write whatever she wants. I mean, book three is either going to be really, really good and a strong ending, and it's going to tie all the knots like as needed. It'll tell me if it was all worth it. I want to know. I, I wish I felt better about it. I just don't. I don't no, what the words are going to be? I know it's A and A of assholes and aliens. How do you know it's A and A? Because she posted a picture of her journals, and it was B and B, V and V, and then the last one was A and A, and everyone was losing their shit. They were like, <gasps> "Okay, wait, crazy. really, really? What do you think it might be? What do you think it might be?" Okay, I know I said assholes and aliens, but that's I'm just me. C A A, children of something, something. Okay. <laughs> so cool. words, words I'm putting out either absolutely um, atonement. Anarchy and atonement. And then it has to be something like virtue and vengeance. It's like a pro and a con. Blood and bone was really binding. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. We'll see. We'll like put our answers in a little envelope and then when the, and we'll seal it. And then when the book comes out, we'll see who was right. <laughs> well, yeah. And then you guys can read it and tell me about it. Adversity? Stop. <laughs> I thought of that, but I, I think adversity isn't like punchy enough. No, definitely not. You know what I mean? I don't. I think she would use a punchier like atonement is a punchy word. Yeah, yeah. Virtue, vengeance. My my B guess is is anarchy, but I don't. I know that's not. That should right. be something really simple, like children of anger and atonement. I don't know. Anger and angst and <laughs> amnity. <laughs> amnity. Uh, okay, okay. So, right. what are you? What are your? Bueno, a ti no te importa, Cristina, pero what are your predictions for the last book, Andrea? Did the butler do it? I think mom is gonna die. I think rain of fire. I. 
you know, verdict's out on Anon. I don't know, but jury's out on Anon. But mom is going to die. I think the monarchy is going to get destroyed and they're going to set up some sort of weird democratic, like yes. half and half ruled together something. Um, I think Amari and Zaley will recover their friendship and it'll be stronger mm -hmm. than ever. I think that Amari and Zane are gonna make up and get back together. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. I, I forget that that's even a thing. That's how little sense that relationship makes. Just so you know. Every time they had a romantic relation, romantic moment, I'd be like, oh, There's a part. Oh. There's a part in the book where he is kissing her. She's thinking about Zaylee. And he's like, could you like not just think about my sister when I'm trying to like get in your pants? She's like, I think, know, but I think they're gonna I, I think they're gonna get back together. <laughs> they're gonna get married. Love it. And... What you need. <laughs> I think the and elders I think, are gonna I think Zaylee's gonna leave. I think she's on a ship somewhere. I think she's to gonna explore. go somewhere. Rowan? A la Aria? I just That's also a terrible ending. I don't, ending know, for I don't, know, I don't know the details, but I feel like she's gonna leave. I, I think once things are settled, she's gonna be like, My work is done, I'm tired, and she's gonna leave and go somewhere. That's oh, what I, I do. A hundred percent. I feel like she's gonna get on a ship with the pirate and they're gonna be like, fuck all of you. I also feel like Amari's still gonna be in charge, but I feel like the elders are gonna break be brought in to replace what the monarchy was. Yeah, because then you're having people from different groups represent, and that becomes your democratic system, your house that of representatives. Do yeah, not, do not Google children of blank and atonement because you get lots of really weird Bible websites. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> like really weird. <laughs> All right. Well, Ooh, okay, I'll make a prediction. What if it's ash. What if it's not like a uh, like a thing? Ooh, what if it is ash. like a noun? Yeah, like maybe like ash and like, like an actual physical thing, like. But it doesn't know what atonement because that would you can't have such a short word and such mm -hmm. a long word. It wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. It would be something else. But. Ash and anger. There, there's an emotion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anger is too ugly to go with like a word like ash. We gotta think about it. We gotta think about it. We gotta put bets on it. And Fine, ash, whatever. Trouble because it's like the ash when you die, but also the one that's like in their blood and gives them like ash. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Well, I think the next book is going to be cold. It's going to be gray. And it's going to last you the rest of your life. So what are we? What are we reading next? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, next. I will write. I will read you the description now because I. Hey, is it your book, Ash? It's mine. Yay. Oh, great. You to use Are you going to lend it to me, Chris? No, because you like <laughs> this book too much. I can't trust you. Oh, my God. Yeah, I like Bethesda too. Deal with it. Oh, my God. I know that you're just sitting there waiting for that horseman to come and like, rescue you from your bath. That's <laughs> cool. Like, honestly, it's fine. Like, Obviously, I'll lend it to you. It's okay if like, we enjoyed the book. I enjoyed certain things about it, but there were very few, and you enjoyed more things about it. That doesn't mean anything. It's just we have just different opinions, that's all. Yeah. And different ways we're gonna spend our energy on reading later. That's it. 
Okay, so next book we're reading is Scandal in Spring, Wallflowers number four by Lisa Claypas. Claypas. Claypas? Yeah, right, back I'm to historicals. <laughs> Historical romance. All right, so uh, <clears throat> quick intro about this series. Um, I was at home with my fam and I was looking for something to read and my mom was like, I've been reading this book. And I was like, oh, cool. It's a period piece. Cool. And it was called The Wallflower Christmas. And it was this like mini novella that she published after like four seasons themed like uh, books. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute. And it's four different like period piece ladies. And there was like a good amount of smut in there. And I was taken aback because this was a book my mom read. And I was like, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is this a period merenguito that you yeah. read? She's like, oh, it's such a, she's like, it's such a good book. And I'm like, there's not a dick in this, mom. There's like penetration happening in this, <laughs> in this novella. <laughs> What's going on? And she's like, I see, but oh, you know, it's a nice book. I'm like, mm-hmm. and then I was one of those like, okay, my mom's like a person who has had sex before. It's fine. She um, had to have sex with have you. I mean, <laughs> she says that I'm her gift from heaven. So, like, I'm a blessing. Oh, my God. Right. So, this, um, so the book right now in Goodreads has a 4.03 rating with um, 34,981 ratings <clears throat> and 1,700 reviews. So, do you want me to read the description? Yes. Yeah, go for it. After spending three London seasons searching for a husband, Daisy Bowman's father has told her in no uncertain terms that she must find a husband now. And if Daisy can't snare an appropriate suitor, she will marry the man he chooses, the ruthless and aloof Matthew Swift. Daisy is horrified. A Bowman never admits defeat, and she decides to do whatever it takes to marry someone, anyone other than Matthew. But she doesn't count on Matthew's unexpected charm or the blazing sensuality that soon flares beyond both their control. And Daisy discovers that the man she's always hated just might turn out to be the man of her dreams. But right at the moment of sweet surrender, a scandalous secret is uncovered, one that could destroy both Matthew and a love more passionate...